Hello, and welcome to the Business Decisions Podcast. My name is Stuart Wood. I'm the CEO of Caraval Law, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today, I'll be joined on the podcast by Greg Ramsey, a corporate and commercial lawyer who practices with Caraval Law in Calgary. There's been a lot of discussion recently about companies that are reopening their offices and getting back to business as usual. Today, Greg and I are going to be discussing companies who are faced with a situation where business as usual is not just not an option yet. We'll be talking about some of the legal and business situations that companies are facing, how traditional bank loans are still an important option for companies right now, what it's like to search for seed rounds and equity investments at a time like this, and some other options for financing that are available to companies in Canada. We'll be talking also about the importance of getting all of your advisors together to help you get your business through this difficult period and eventually back up and running. So with that, here's my conversation with Greg Ramsey. I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast now by Greg Ramsey from Caravel Law. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Stuart. Happy to be here. So Greg, tell us a little bit about your practice before we get started. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's a, a pretty wide practice. Um, right now, I, I work at a Calgary, of course, and my practice uh, involves primarily helping out some tech startups right now and small, medium-sized businesses. Previous uh, previous career, I was a, a privacy officer at a large international company, which got me uh, well-versed in privacy matters. And I've helped out companies from Canada and the U.S. Uh, I also have a general corporate practice. So for, for non-lawyers, what that means is I, I work a lot with commercial contracts and agreements. Uh, so day-to-day sort of contracts that businesses need, like services agreements, and, um, employment contracts even uh, to some extent. And uh, I also do bank financing. So I've, I've done everything from literally 100 million plus sort of uh, corporate credit facilities and down to small business loans as well and everything in between. And I also help businesses with their corporate structure. So if we're going to go with a limited partnership route or a corporation, uh, and if we have subsidiaries in the US, how might that work as well? And uh, lastly, I help out with governance. So I was a corporate secretary for a publicly traded company, and with that, uh, helped the board of directors with their governance program and policies, and uh, general advice for boards uh, of directors and uh, executives as well. So picking up on that uh, corporate commercial experience uh, that you have, there's there's been a lot of discussion recently as we're and now a few months into the COVID-19 situation about how companies should think about reopening their businesses and reopening their offices. But um, as you know, from from the companies that you're working with, there are many companies that are still figuring out, you know, how and if and how they can survive this situation and, and reopening the business. So you've been having uh, conversations with business leaders that are that are thinking through these issues. Uh, how are they uh, approaching the financial challenges that they're facing now coming out of uh, or at least starting to come out of the COVID-19 situation? Yeah, there there's a lot going on right now with with exactly that consideration and business decisions. It's an interesting time and I'm sure business textbooks will be written on on this time during COVID and all the considerations that that uh, executives and business owners and founders have to think about. Um, some businesses that I've been speaking to are actually choosing to remain closed for now, even though they technically could reopen. And that's a, a function of their their opening costs are, are not offset by the revenue that they can generate for now. So opening up can actually lead to to a greater cash burn. 
So that's a that's a really interesting challenge that that some are seeing. So companies that could open up, but in a limited way. Right. Yeah. You know, for for example, maybe a simple uh, illustration could be even um, a restaurant owner. Right now, uh, a lot of them have adapted to servicing their clientele through delivery. For example, uh, if they open up their their restaurant, maybe at fifty percent capacity, like they they have to according to the health orders. Uh, that may actually introduce extra costs. So uh, bringing in employees uh, for, for those purposes uh, and some of the other fixed costs that, that get involved. So for some of them, they're right on the edge of, you know, do I open? Because if I open now, my costs are going to go up. I don't know if my revenue is going to offset that right now. Or do they wait a little bit longer? Um, so so it's, a, it's a real concern for, for businesses right now. So the uh, companies... At, at this stage, you know, now that we're a few months into this, uh, everyone has reviewed their cost structure. They have cut costs where they could. They have applied for the government programs. What are some other ways that people are approaching covering their costs or trying to reduce their spend or lengthen their runway in one way or another? Yeah, there's some really great um, creativity that's coming out right now on, on managing those issues. So, um, as an example, some of the the more um, services-based businesses that I help are starting to switch to a growth mindset and looking at their roadmap to see what they can do to move away from their traditional business model or supplement it. Uh, so that's on the revenue side. Um, as an example, some, some consulting businesses that I've helped with for a while now have had... Uh, applications or you know, apps and service or uh, software-based services uh, that they've had on their roadmap. And now that their, their traditional revenue streams are lower and their activity is lower, they have free time and, and space to think about how to become more innovative. So rather than winding down the business or cutting out uh, all of its activity, uh, they're pivoting to these tech ideas and seeing how they can even turn their service into a product. Uh, through through the application or or a SaaS model, so SaaS being service software as a service for listeners that don't uh, know what that acronym means. It's uh, taking advantage of these slower periods of activity is leading to innovation and development, and uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that will lead to an increase in productivity as well, which will help to extend that runway. So they're they're using the the sort of downturn to reimagine how they sort of what their business looks like, but also how they perform the functions that they they currently perform. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, then there's other more traditional things that that businesses are doing to manage the the runway and the cash flow. Uh, so traditional things such as trimming down the expenses, looking how they can become leaner and more cash efficient. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that means cutting out the the workforce expense, which we're seeing, of course, in the the, the jobless rate climbing up. Although today we saw some some great news coming out of Stats Canada with uh, two hundred ninety thousand new jobs being created in the last jobs report. So it seems like like we're we're hopefully uh, getting away from that trend and, and moving more toward uh, welcoming back the workforce and not having to cut out that so much. Um, but, but there's other things that businesses are doing as well. So, uh, for example, contract renegotiation. So if they have software licenses or uh, other expenses on the go, they, 
uh, some businesses have approached me to ask for help in renegotiating uh, either the term of the agreement or the cost measures, and uh, they're having real good uh, productive conversations with their service providers on how they can work together to come up with solutions that are going to help the business in the, the short run and hopefully lead to uh, even better growth in the long run. That's great. Uh, in terms of the, uh, you mentioned earlier that there are some businesses that might choose not to either uh, open more or open at all based on the balance between revenue and uh, additional cost. I mean, it is clear that demand may be slower to recover for some businesses and some industries overall. If uh, if they are reopening, though, and dealing with less than normal demand, and so their costs are going up maybe a little faster than the revenue goes up, what are some financing options that are available to companies right now that they can use to bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of financing options out there right now. Uh, of course, we, we know um, of the, the government options that uh, are there to help. And uh, there, there's quite a variety of, of programs and for, for listeners looking to access those resources. The, the Government of Canada website has a, a really great summary on everything out there. Uh, so everything from the Canada Emergency Business Account to loan guarantees for small and medium-sized enterprises uh, even the, the co-lending program through the Business Development Bank of Canada. Uh, th- these are all options that companies have for uh, for managing the, the financial needs right now. Uh, apart from the, the government ones, though, uh, there are some, some really great opportunities uh, in terms of traditional lending. So banks right now are helping small businesses with uh, uh, normal sort of operating lines of credit and term loans. Uh, the interest rate environment can be positive for, for some businesses as well. Um, there's even, uh, even though we are in this financial sort of crisis right now, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, I'm still seeing some startups, especially being quite successful, looking for seed rounds and uh, issuing convertible notes and raising equity in the in their early stages. Uh, and uh, there's also creative um financing options coming out as well. Uh, For example, I had a really great conversation with uh, a few members uh, of the Alberta Treasury Branches team uh, here in Calgary. So ATB is uh, a a local uh, financer and and, uh, quite active in the entrepreneur space and uh, startups, but everything to medium-sized businesses as well. And they have a crowdfunding program called Booster. So right now, entrepreneurs and businesses can access that platform at a reduced cost and uh, access a crowdfunding marketing and, and um, fundraising program. So uh, that's one example. Other groups too include uh, even our friends at Facebook have uh, a grant program right now, which um, may be closing soon. I'm not sure exactly on the date, but uh, it's a non-traditional source to, to look for grant money. And uh, it's interesting that some of these larger tech plays and tech giants are getting involved in it as well. Yeah, it's a combination of uh, grant money as well as uh, advertising credit. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, for businesses that are looking at banks for for a, a more traditional uh, financing option, uh, uh, how are the banks approaching the conversations given the great uncertainty in terms of how these businesses are going to come out, and especially following a period of time where they may have had little to no revenue? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a super interesting um, environment right now for for uh, for businesses. It, it's really a tale of of two scenarios, and we're even seeing this play out in in the, the public markets and in the specifically in the bond markets. So, um, just recently, for example, uh, this is on on a, a very large scale, but uh, Amazon had a, a very large bond offering that was three times oversubscribed and. For a three-year bond, they got a, a coupon rate at 0.4%. So uh, that's an example of just a, a insanely low uh, rate, a historical low. Uh, and then we see on the other side of things, more riskier businesses, uh, such as some of the um, uh, publicly traded uh, cruise lines. So Royal Caribbean uh, also issued bonds recently. And uh, in contrast, Amazon, they're more at the... 11% plus rate and had to, to offer up a fair bit of security. So what we're seeing in the, the public markets about these um, highly successful, strong businesses like Amazon versus the more distressed ones like the cruise lines is also playing out in the medium-sized and small business market. The, the, the principles are very similar. So some small businesses and medium-sized businesses that have been operating for a while and have strong credit history uh, and um, provable cash flows, they're seeing the interest rate environment being highly advantageous to them. So uh, they can get uh, really great financing terms. The personal guarantee amounts can be uh, quite low uh, overall compared to what we may have seen a year ago. And by that, what I mean is uh, when the bank asks the, the principal behind the company to also guarantee the company's debt. And we may have seen uh, banks previously wanting um, personal guarantees in the range of you know fifty percent, seventy five percent, even hundred uh, percent. In, in this current environment, for stronger businesses, because there isn't a, a pressure or a, or a willingness on the banks to lend, we're, we're seeing some of those personal guarantee amounts uh, coming down more towards the twenty five percent range. For example, for for these stronger businesses, on on businesses that are struggling more or Perhaps this is their first time going into financing. Uh, we are seeing some some pressure on them in those ways because, like you pointed out, it is a higher risk environment because there there is uncertainty, of course, about how long COVID will go on for, and how how much it may impact a business. So the risk profile goes up. the The underwriting considerations uh, are, are a little bit more constrained. So some some of those businesses are. Seeing on the traditional side of things with uh, traditional bank financing, um, that, that they're not really able to move the needle so much on the, the amount of personal guarantee they might have to give or the interest rate uh, overall, given the current interest rate environment, might be a little bit higher than they wished. Uh, but that, again, is, is where businesses can look at uh, a hybrid approach of going for the, the government assistance programs that are out there right now that are obviously uh, among the, the best that businesses have seen in a very long time, and then supplementing that with uh, traditional sources such as uh, bank finance. Now, you mentioned that there are some companies that are still able to arrange financing through seed rounds and, and other uh, outside investments. What is the market like right now for companies that are trying to raise money? Yeah. Um, it, again, it can really depend on what industry you're in. Uh, what I'm seeing right now is in the tech space specifically, uh, there there is uh, in the markets that I'm in um, quite quite a, a good amount of interest that way. 
So in the, the tech space, the, the one of the, the considerations that the company has to focus on is uh, the matter of valuation. So right. when it comes to seed rounds, right now that, uh, the, we see some pressure on that valuation, of course, because with the economic uncertainty, that can drive down the valuation. Um, however, the, the great thing about tech is it's so nimble. A lot of these companies are pre-revenue anyway, and they're looking yeah. to validate their business. And uh, with the with COVID, we've seen this great uh, benefit that can come out of uh, you know the silver lining in, in the storm here is that uh, tech has a real opportunity to shine even more than it has because it is well adapted to the need to work remotely, for example, or to increase productivity through a software solution. So because of that, investors are excited about tech right now, and they're looking to get into it. And you know, it's always. Um, it's always a, a give and take uh, when you're raising seed amounts between the, the value that the company feels that they have versus the value that the investors feel that it has and where we end up in terms of uh, the share price and the value of the money coming in. Uh, but, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the game in, in, in the, that environment. So uh, I'm seeing that now is the time to shine for a lot of tech startups. Well, early stage uh, valuations was always more of an art than a science anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there have been some announcements that uh, people have uh, shared with the market in terms of raising money and taking on outside investment. Are those mostly deals that were underway before COVID hit and have just managed to to conclude or are actually new conversations starting during this period in time? I think it's it's, uh, a a really healthy mix of both, and it, it depends on on which um, which part of the market we're looking at. Of course, you know some of the, for example, in the publicly traded space, uh, we're seeing um, we're seeing deals that um, were were started pre COVID that are closing down. Uh, we're seeing some some deals going ahead uh, that are uh, directly related to COVID and happening because there is a need that COVID has presented to these businesses whether it's financing or uh, merger acquisition. And in the, the medium-sized space, uh, it's, um, in my experience, talking to my clients and uh, businesses here in Calgary and through the, the networking channels that I'm involved with, a lot of the, a lot of the pre-COVID deals were, were put on hold out of necessity, uh, either because the strategy's changed or the business environment has changed and they're not sure if the the deal that they had on the go was is it applicable now in today's environment, and so from that businesses are needing to pivot and uh, and moving quickly to do that. So now we're seeing deals coming out of uh, the COVID environment specifically. So uh, as an example, I've been helping one business where they they previously were um, well operating in their space, had their competitors, of course, like, like most businesses do. And uh, we're trying to simply grow through uh, increasing their market share. Now, demand has dropped off so much that they're actually in talks with their competitors. And uh, what we have coming out of that is um, competitors working together on how they can mutually support the industry. And we're seeing joint venture ideas coming out of that, uh, how they can collaborate on products. Uh, and even talks of uh, merger opportunities. So a couple of clients of mine, uh, they're talking to their competitors and they're saying, you know, 
we both have great teams. We have existing platforms. If we combine forces, then uh, we can manage the storm better and uh, uh, create some synergies and some innovation that are going to come out of the two different teams. So I would say, uh, you know, like I said, it's a mix. Uh, the, the great thing that we're seeing is businesses are focused on being innovative and resilient. And uh, out of COVID, we're starting to see some renewed activity just in different ways than what we would have expected, say, six months ago. Well, Alberta has always had a great reputation for resilience, right? Yeah, I think we, we need to out here uh, between exactly. the, the winters that we have. You know, <laughs> that teaches us to be resilient out of necessity. Uh, yeah, it's something ingrained in Alberta. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of my recent guests on the podcast talked about a financing round that was paused for a couple of months, but did eventually close. Are you seeing financing arrangements that are being paused as people try to f- to figure out exactly how things are shaking out? And or are you seeing financings that people thought were a done deal that are actually getting canceled? Yeah, I've seen both. So on the financing side, uh, a number of my clients put on hold their um, uh, credit lines and uh, term loans that they're trying to get through banks uh, right when when uh, the, the major impacts of COVID were being felt here in Alberta. So a lot of those were, were put on hold. Uh, and the, the reason for that was, for example, if they, they're negotiating a lease uh, and wanting to move into a new space, and they have a bunch of leasehold improvements that they have to do. Some of these clients hadn't finished their, their lease negotiations and in tandem were working on their, their financing through their banks. And with the, the lockdown and the quarantine, all of a sudden it became a consideration of, you know, do we actually need this lease? Or are we going to move into it or not? So that put those sorts of financings on, on hold. And then, of course, the, the government assistance started to come in. And for a lot of businesses, that is obviously more attractive if they can qualify for it. Uh, other financing, though, uh, particularly in the, the equity side of things, rather than debt, uh, those were put on, on hold, a few that I had on the go, uh, speaking to my client's experience. And uh, that made sense at the time because uh, investors were understandably nervous and wanting to see what the environment would be before going ahead. Uh, now that we're starting to see more certainty, uh, a lot of those financing discussions uh, on the equity side are starting to pick up. And uh, a few companies that I know are quite hopeful about picking them up and uh, having a successful equity raising round. Oh, that's great. Are there any special steps that they're taking to help get those deals across the finish line? That's a great question. Um, talking to to a few uh, co-founders of, of various businesses that I know, they have, how do I put it, um, as a founder, especially when you're chasing any sort of equity uh, injections into your business, it's a lot of hustling, you know, a, a lot of phone calls and relationship management, uh, pitching. So in terms of special steps, I don't know if there are special steps, but they're doubling down on those efforts. So really focusing on, on the people, uh, focusing on their investors, also really looking for opportunities on, on how they can genuinely help, uh, which is leading to, to great introductions. Uh, as an example, I was meeting with a, a few different um, uh, entrepreneurs and founders that are, are looking to raise money. And out of that discussion came uh, 
some some links to other sources. So uh, one person had a, a contact over at Shopify, which of course is one of our, our Canadian darlings that, that we all love. And uh, they were able to put another business owner in contact with the local representative to, to have discussions about uh, what sort of opportunities are available through incubators and other programs that some tech companies are putting on. Uh, so there's a lot of conversations going on that way. So I think in terms of steps, it's, it's really just doubling down on the conversations. So it sounds like there's a really healthy startup ecosystem that's emerged in Calgary. It is. It, it was really emerging prior to COVID, uh, which is, as, as we talked about, uh, part of the resilience that Alberta in, in Calgary has had to face. You know, um, Calgary, Calgary's had a very slow recovery, even since the, the 2009 financial crisis. And uh, with that, a lot of businesses have had to pivot away from, from uh, the energy sector, for example, uh, being like a primary employer. Uh, still highly important in Calgary. Uh, but there was this sort of growing gig economy coming out of 2009 in Calgary that's been gaining traction. Uh, and now we have uh, excellent programs, uh, you know, just to, to name a few, and I'll, I'll, miss, uh, I'll miss a number of them. And I don't mean to exclude them, but uh, for example, ATB's Entrepreneurship Center has been really helpful. Uh, we have Harvest, which is uh, a new venture here in Calgary that's designed to make the prairies a leader in, in tech startups. And uh, some really great innovation and ideas coming out of that angle. So yeah, I, I think Calgary has a really great opportunity if, if we if we uh, keep our heads on us and and focus on how to be innovative and come out of both the, the COVID crisis and also the oil shock that we've seen. And I expect Calgary will do that because it's uh, quite a resilient city. So as, uh, as, as a way of wrapping up, if there are companies that, uh, you know, we're speaking to you and are, are asking for, you know, the, the, any advice that you might have for them as they're coming out of this situation or as they're trying to, continue to, to survive and, and uh, keep their runway uh, open to them going forward. But they, you know, the financial needs are acute and they're, they're uh, dealing with a, with a harsh reality even, even as we come out of this. What sort of advice are you giving to them about the options that are available to them and what are the sorts of things that they should think about? Yeah, it may sound a little bit self-serving, but I'd encourage them to talk to their legal counsel and, uh, see how we can help them with what's going on. Uh, I like to think of my role as, as legal counsel as being um, one part lawyer and another part business counsel. And uh, that sort of combination of both allows us to look at risk and what's happening uh, with the risks that businesses are facing and how do we mitigate those and manage them. And that can come down to everything from uh, contracts and uh, any sort of renegotiation that we need to do but also looking at how we can uh, ensure that they're set up correctly to get their, their financing in place. And then also reaching out to, um, to their accountants and, and tax advisors. And I'd say also importantly, making sure that legal counsel and tax advisors and accountants are all speaking together. Uh, as, uh, as I'm a business owner myself, and I, I have my own uh, fledgling startup that I'm trying to get off the ground as well. And, what I find very helpful is to have all my advisors talking together, uh, whether it's my marketing people or the accountants or uh, people involved in the finance side of things. 
So having that sort of 360 degree conversation is really important. And uh, also, of course, to check out the, the Government of Canada's website, so canada.ca, to see all the, the different programs that are available. Uh, there's not just financing available as well. There's, there's other options for um, advice and consulting. Uh, and uh, also uh, in their local uh, ecosystem, in whatever city our listeners are in, there's uh, lots of resources to, to tap into both the startup communities and, and business networking where we can all work together to find our way through this. Well, that's great. Well, I think that's a lot of really helpful information for uh, companies that are facing this and uh, really appreciate you taking the time today to, to speak with us and share your, uh, your insights. Great. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. I want to thank Greg Ramsey of Caravel Law for joining us on the podcast today from out in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. If you'd like more information about Greg or about Caravel Law or about this podcast, please check us out at caravellaw.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a rating, and potentially share the episode with someone else that you think might benefit from the conversation. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. And until then, we hope all of your